So it is most certainly a balance between taking care of people, yeah. but also being financially viable. Right. Yeah. Tough to take care of people if you're not financially viable. Anymore, yeah. Right? Or if but you're I, not there. Yeah. But ideally, you don't have people working in your air ducts either. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> Somewhere between. <laughs> Somewhere down between from us the two. ceiling. <laughs> This is the Generally Accepted Accounting Podcast. That's GAP for all you accounting nerds. It's a podcast produced by Casey Peterson, LTD. We're a firm of CPAs and financial advisors based in Rapid City, South Dakota. And we'll be talking about tax, finance, accounting, audit, and a bunch of other topics that sound really boring, but that we're going to make hip and cool. Or we'll try anyway. So stick around to learn more. On today's episode, our managing shareholder, Mark Lyons, is back. You'll remember Mark from our podcast about inflation, and if you don't, you should totally check it out. But today we're talking about a different topic, cost report allocation statistics. This one affects healthcare facilities, including nursing homes, critical access hospitals, hospices, and more. We'll do our usual definitions of some acronyms and abbreviations, and then we'll talk about best practices for maximizing Medicare and Medicaid reimbursements. You know the drill. Listen in to learn more. Well, Mark, thanks for being here today. Uh, today's podcast, we're talking about cost report allocation statistics. That just, that topic, oh my gosh, just sounds incredible. I can't even believe that this is what we're going to be tackling today. Um, but it's actually a lot more complicated and interesting than people probably think. And especially for those who work in the healthcare realm, super important part of what they do, how they get reimbursed, all that good stuff. So can you start with just talking about what exactly is just in a basic form, what is a cost report? Sure. Um, I always compare the cost report to a tax return. Because essentially what the Medicare or Medicaid cost reports do when under a cost-based system is they look at all of your costs and they allocate those costs to Medicare services. So then the cost report essentially compares what you were paid from Medicare to what your Medicare costs were. And if there's whatever the difference is there, either creates a payback to Medicare or Medicare owes the facility money. Okay. okay. That's good. That's a good good basic definition. I like that. So when you talk about the allocation statistics of a cost report, like what are they used for? Talk about some of the rules and the regulations around them. Sure. The statistics are used for the allocation of costs to get the costs into the Medicare programs. Okay. So if you think about any operation, there's all these overhead costs. There's depreciation, there's general, general administrative costs. In a nursing home or hospital setting, there's housekeeping, maintenance, all of these costs that are not, all these departments that are not necessarily directly associated with the delivery of care. Gotcha. Right? Right. So the statistics will take all of those overhead costs and allocate those into your revenue producing departments. So it's allocating all of those costs to departments like radiology, med surge, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and so on. Okay. So it's all the like the cost and the statistics of providing the care without the direct piece of it. Right. Okay. Yep. And then the, when it comes to like the rules and regulations, uh, I think most people are familiar with any type of tax or finance. Those change a lot. So how often on average would you say that those statistics or the requirements and regulations, how often do they change? The requirements related to statistics do not change that often. Okay. Medicare regulations are constantly changing. <laughs> just so, like taxes, just like anybody. Right. So I can sit here and say, yeah, they don't change that often. You don't have to pay attention to it. And then, you know, 
six living. months from now, Completely you could have right. a change that blows everything up and yep. we're starting from ground zero again, trying to understand what it is we can and can't do. Regulations, though, related to allocation statistics are interesting because it gives you a variety of different options. <laughs> uh, CMS is Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So CMS really sets the regulatory piece of the cost report and pretty much everything that facilities do. CMS contracts well, with okay. intermediaries to then enforce and interpret the rules that they put out. Mm. So at a very high level, CMS has prescribed statistics that you are required to use. Sometimes there's options between different statistics that you can use within the category. So an example of that might be depreciation on equipment. Okay? So you can use square footage of each department to allocate the equipment depreciation, or you can actually use the depreciation itself based on where that equipment is at. So can you provide an example of I that? I sure can. <laughs> A CT machine. Oh, okay. Even though you okay. wouldn't think of that as being major movable equipment, because you're not going to move the CT right. more than likely, it is classified as major movable equipment in the Medicare cost report. Theoretically, you could technically move it somewhere. Does it have you wheels? Could. Does it have to have casters? No. It, it, <laughs> no? A, most, a lot of the equipment that gets classified as major movable really is not moving it's in not. between departments. So uh, a bed that's on the acute floor, rarely would you wouldn't move that anywhere unless you, maybe you had a nursing home. You might sure. move that bed to the nursing home at some point. But most of the time, a piece of equipment is directly related to a department. Sure. Okay. So this is an area that we, we do focus on a lot because if you think about it, if you're allocating depreciation on a CT machine, which mm -hmm. is a very costly piece of equipment, right. yeah. If you thousands of dollars, whatever. <laughs> right, right. If you allocate that based on square footage, you're going to probably end up with CT depreciation on the med surge floor, maybe in the nursing home. That doesn't even has nothing to do, do with, with the depreciation attributed to that CT machine. Oh, sure. So that's a really good example of things that we do for our clients to say we have an option to change this allocation base from square footage to direct depreciation. Okay. That way, we know that the depreciation associated with that CT machine is being directly associated with radiology or imaging, wherever that department is yep. located, yep. right, in the cost report. And that way, Medicare, you're certain then that Medicare is paying for their share of that depreciation okay. on the CT machine. And is if you decide that you're going to do the depreciation versus a square footage, are you locked into doing that for the life of that equipment? Or can you change that based on whatever? You can change it, but you have to have justification okay. for the change. So that's like with these prescribed allocation statistics that I referenced earlier, mm -hmm. where we might have some options. C CMS says this is the best practice of how to allocate all these buckets of cost. You can make a request to change your allocation base. It has to be done 90 days before the end of your fiscal year to apply to that fiscal year that you're in. Gotcha. So that's something that a lot of people miss. They'll get too far. They'll get to the point where they're past their fiscal year and realize that, hey, there's a better way to allocate this cost, which is basically what when you make the request to the fiscal intermediary, you have to provide them justification as to why what you're wanting to change to that's outside the prescribed CMS okay. allocations is better and more accurate. So like, would that be an example of something in your facility changed or is that typically like why or what people, what organizations use for justification is that there was you know kind of change there's a lot of sally method that's done in cost report same as last year okay <laughs> thank you 
It's like, who is Sally? Who is Sally? So Where did she see, come from? We, we see um, two different scenarios. And the first one is a lot of the times when we start working with a new hospital, they've always done it that way. Right. Nobody's ever asked the question. Nobody's ever thought that maybe there's a better way. Sure. The second reason that we request that change is something has, something has changed in the facility that no longer results in an accurate allocation. So a really, really good example of that is a few years ago, local pharmacies in these rural communities started to pull out. Oh, yeah. So the hospital took on the burden of the retail pharmacy. Right. Okay. Retail pharmacies are not cost-based. They're not part of the critical access hospital, even though the critical access hospital may be operating those retail pharmacies. And even if, even just by the definition, like not having access to medications would be a critical need, it still isn't qualified. Still doesn't, doesn't qualify. qualify. Wow. Right. Hmm. That's crazy. So when that event occurred and we had hospitals now running retail pharmacies, you have uh, one of the allocations in the cost report might be business office. A retail pharmacy, at the time that script is dispensed from the retail pharmacy, it's billed by the pharmacist. Okay. They don't use the hospital business office. Okay. They're just doing it through the function of the pharmacy. Like that's description went out the door. Here's the bill. Right. It's not going through a business office to then bill to the to patient later. Exactly right. Right. Okay. So what happens in those scenarios when you have a change like that, typically when you say, okay, we're going to allocate business office costs based on probably revenues, mm -hmm. gross revenues. The business office might be included in general administrative expenses. Which makes sure. sense. That's, it is a general so administration. <laughs> by the nature of how that allocation is being done, the retail pharmacy would get an allocation of the business office. Oh, sure. of course. We have the option to take the business office and split it out away from all the administrative in general. Right. And then exclude the pharmacy from that step down Since because they're, they're not, not using the, the services service of, of the business, business office. office. Okay. okay. That makes sense. Yep. So a lot of the times it is changes that happen throughout the year that then result in some request to change how things are, costs are being allocated. Which is another reason that it's really important for facilities to talk to their accounting firms when they're making decisions to bring on new service lines. Because you have to figure out how does this affect the bottom line or right. your cost reporting or any of that sort of exactly. stuff. Exactly. They may look at it as, oh, it's a revenue stream. But if this affects how Medicaid reimburses you, that could actually end up costing you in the long run. Exactly right. Because you get costs down into a department that are no longer cost-based reimbursed, that otherwise, if you keep them in the cost-based reimbursed areas, you have an opportunity to capture those mm -hmm. in the Medicare program. So do these requirements, like allocation statistics, and do they affect all kinds of healthcare facilities, nursing homes, hospices, critical access, hospitals, pharmacies, all of that? Or is it just those receiving Medicare reimbursements? There are certain facilities that are required to file a Medicare cost report, and there's different criteria depending upon how much Medicare volume you have. Okay. So if you're a low utilized facility from a Medicare perspective, as they define that, we don't really use statistics. Okay. At times in a Medicaid cost report, we will use statistics depending on what type of facility it is to allocate costs. But for the most part, yeah, if you're a high user of Medicare services and you're required to file a full Medicare cost report versus a low utilization cost report, you're going to be impacted by these statistics. And what's a, just out of curiosity, what's the average like length of a cost report and how many times a year do you file it? We file a cost report 
um, only once a year. Just once a year. That process, I don't even know how many hours are put into the Medicare cost report preparation because there's so much legwork that's required of our clients internally. Yeah. Um, we have cost reports that anywhere from 100 to 200 hours that wow. we'll put in. That's those. crazy. And that's just but, from an accounting firm perspective, not necessarily, or does that include also what the legwork of the... No, I would yeah, imagine their time internally is probably triple that when yeah, you think about the time that. over the year. Because their you know, best practice is, is that you're gathering all these statistics throughout the year, you're maintaining mm-hmm. them, and you have quality controls associated with them to make sure there's, they're accurate. And not only that, but throughout the year, our best practice with clients is to make sure that we're communicating and that we actually know before, it, before we file the cost report, we already have an idea of what that Medicare cost report is going to say in terms of whether the hospital or the facility owes Medicare or Medicare owes us. So it's not going to be a surprise to them. It's, it's to your point earlier about it being like a tax return. You kind of want an idea of, are you paying into the government? Is the government paying you back? Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. So we've created models uh, that we put together monthly, clients involved with those as well. So we know on a monthly basis, not only what that potential settlement might be, but we're planning as we get close to the end of the year as to whether or not, uh, does it make sense for us to spend additional money at the end of the year to try to minimize? It's like the, it's like, just like a tax return. Right. So you're you gonna, get to the end of the year. You're going to make a charitable donation yep. or yep. you're going to buy, if you have a business, you're going to buy equipment that maybe you can write off or something like right. that. Okay. Yep, exactly. The other benefit of being involved monthly like that is that we see all of the changes that are occurring and we can identify problems through analytics that might be as simple as, hey, you've coded costs to this department and should they really be in this department or should they be in department B, right? right. Um, and that's why it's, that's the importance of really having a tool that you can analyze what's happening in the facility. So because a lot of the times you really can't see the big picture until the co- about the time the cost report's being filed. Yeah. And at that point, it's too late. A right. lot of times it's too late. Because to then you can't it. go back and reallocate things or do what you need to right. do. Okay. I can say like, that's got to be hundreds of hours internally just spent trying to keep ahead of everything. Who, who does that responsibility typically fall on then? Um, it's a collaborative. The people in the facilities know their operations better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're only as good as the amount of time that we spend with them collaborating and learning about their operations and what's going on. So it's a, I think it's a joint responsibility. Because a business manager can't possibly know everything going on in all aspects right. of a hospital or a nursing home or whatever. Right. There's just too many moving pieces, too many people involved in too many different things. Exactly. And you kind of, you get this telephone game going on oh, too, yeah. Yeah. where we'll tell somebody this is what we need or watch out for this. And then it gets passed down to the third person. And by the time it gets there, <laughs> it doesn't it, even re- yeah, remotely and, resemble And then what you're you six them. months out and you're working on the cost report and you realize that this is not what we talked about. This is not what we were expecting to see. Hmm. Anytime so, someone tries to translate something into a language that maybe someone else doesn't speak. Right. Yeah. You're going to get lost. In yeah. Because accountants and nurses, what? And They're not the same? They, they don't necessarily speak the same language so all the time. so weird. I can't believe that. I'm shocked. <laughs> so kind of nice to know that there's analytics kind of backing up these decisions that you can then look at and not have to necessarily play a game of telephone to translate. Exactly right. And a lot of the times, depending on the trends, we know exactly who to talk to in a facility versus sure. playing the telephone game. Right. Like this port, what is this piece? Who do I need to ask about this? Can you ask somebody right. to see yep. that? Cool. 
So worksheet B1 mm-hmm. is a big part of the cost report. So what kind of questions should a facility, when they're filling out that piece or gathering information, what should they be asking themselves? Yeah, so B1 is where all the statistics go. Okay. There's the B series that then does the allocation of all the costs. But B1 is the true, that's where you enter all the statistics that will be used for the cost allocations. When we're analyzing um, the B1 stats, we're looking for the scenarios like I described earlier with the pharmacy. where we know retail pharmacy doesn't utilize the services of the business office. Mm -hmm. So why is there a statistic on that line capturing some of the business office costs? So any department that doesn't use a service that's listed on there, and can we remove them from that that equation? And a lot of the times you'll have off-site locations as well. So it's not uncommon to see an off-site nursing home or an off-site assisted living. And sometimes maintenance or housekeeping isn't necessarily servicing those off-site locations. Might have a third they party. might contract with right. somebody to mm-hmm. come in. Sure. So in that case, with maintenance and housekeeping, the common statistic there is square footage. Okay. So you would not want square footage assigned to the assisted living or the nursing home in that scenario. The other thing to watch for is any of your non-cost-based cost centers and the cost report, those are typically down on below like the 190 lines. Mm -hmm. We always really pay close attention to what statistics are falling there and make sure that those statistics make sense. Uh, Because anytime you put a statistic, you're going to get costs down there. And at that point, it's not eligible for Medicare reimbursement. Because the cost is going to affect the overall equation Mm -hmm. that is either you're paying or you're getting back from. Right. Another good analytic with B1 and we do this with all of our cost reports is a year-to-year comparison to see what the trends are. There, will, It's surprising sometimes when there's a change in a department head or somebody gathering the stats, oh, they'll have a misunderstanding as to what department uh, the statistic actually belongs to, sure. which seems pretty simple, but it's really yeah. not no. that simple. <laughs> not anything with the regulation or <laughs> right, because you, code. <clears throat> yep, so you'll have um, somebody, for example, with laundry, and you have your therapy department. A lot of the times the therapy departments are a little bit commingled in smaller facilities. And they'll just start tracking that as therapy. It went to therapy. It went to therapy. Well, did it go to physical therapy? Did it go to occupational therapy? Did it go to speech therapy? Mm-hmm. All different kinds. Instead of breaking them out into what specific type. Just right. blanket therapy. Right. And a lot of the times with the year-to-year comparison, you can see that, hey, we had a statistic last year. And we don't have one this year. Something Something's missed. You'll see also trends in maybe with the laundry service. They suddenly have a lot of laundry pounds is what what the statistic is. Which is how they measure it is in pounds. In pounds. They weigh the laundry as it's being distributed out to the departments. That's crazy. So you'll have a lot of laundry maybe um, being allocated to the nursing home and not as much as we did last year going to med surge. And then you can look at the statistics and you'll see that maybe nursing home occupancy decreased. Mm-hmm. Which well, we shouldn't it. have more pounds yeah, of laundry so why is if more occupancy laundry? is decreasing. Right. Right. They should at least, they should align at some level right. of that. Hmm. Man, I just want to see the scale for a laundry. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It's, yeah, it it's does. It's probably easier than counting sheets. Or yeah, or it's true. Yeah. Um, FTEs, hours, common statistics, what hours are included on those, like on-call hours, callback, that sort of stuff also yeah. on B1. The, the key with... Uh, FTEs and hours is that you really have to pay attention to what it is that you're trying to allocate because a lot of the times 
Um, as I mentioned, with square footage, square footage is used to allocate depreciation. It's used to allocate mm. maintenance. It's used to allocate housekeeping. Same with FTEs. FTEs sometimes are used to allocate uh, cafeteria costs. Okay. So cafeteria costs would be like someone working in the cafeteria versus someone who's delivering the meals or what is that? Like what's that? What's a cafeteria breakdown example? Cafeteria costs are allowable in the cost report. So if you're working for a hospital mm -hmm. and you uh, eat at their cafeteria, a portion of that cafeteria costs is allowable that's not covered by whatever you're paying. Because okay. typically oh, okay. when somebody goes to a cafeteria right. at a hospital, a yeah. they may pay $8 for a meal. Yep. The that costs the more. cost of that is significantly more than $8. Oh, so so that cost that's above and beyond is allowable. Oh, okay. But that cost has to be allocated back to the department that you work in. Oh, okay. okay. And so that's where the employee piece of that comes in as well? Right. Okay. Yep. So then what huh. we do to allocate that cost is we take FTEs, full-time equivalents. Mm -hmm. And so if there's 20 FTEs in radiology, then whatever percentage of that is, is the percentage of cost that goes to radiology related to cafeteria. cafeteria. Yep. <laughs> now the trick in that is if you think about it, where people make a lot of mistakes is who's eating at the cafeteria. Right. Are you talking right. about, is it employees and staff? Is it visitors who are visiting people in the hospital? Who are those people? So there's a piece to that as well, which is outside of, of the cafeteria. Of course there is. Yeah, of so course the, there the is. visitors' costs are not, are not are those guest are not, meals are not allowed. Uh, okay. So there's a separate allocation for that. But the, the interesting thing is, is if you're on call, you're not eating at the cafeteria, right? Oh, right. No, you're of course, not, you're probably not, you're not even right. in the facility. Right. So you want to use a worked what we call a worked FTE, which represents the actual time that you were physically in the facility working. Oh, okay. And then you'll have these departments that, again, off-site departments, yep. that they do have an FTE associated with them, but they never come over to the facility to eat at the cafeteria. Oh, okay. So, so you might they, have a home health agency, for example. Oh, sure, yeah. So they're never coming may, in. They yeah. may be in the facility. They may have an off-site location, but regardless, those people are typically out traveling right. and never eat at the cafeteria. So much in laundry yep. and cafeteria questions. <laughs> and then the the other thing with hours then also is we use those to allocate the DON's time or maybe a CNO, whoever supervises all the nurses. Oh, okay. And the hours in that might be different. Director of nursing and... Chief nursing officer. Chief nursing officer. Yeah. Okay. I got director of yeah. nursing. I did. That one. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't do that one. We got Don. We got Sally. We got a lot of names <laughs> in this one. So they allocate their costs based on the hours that are they supervise within each department. Okay. Hmm. Wow, man. That's a, that's a lot of math. Uh, we talked a little bit about this, but are there other statistics on the Worksheet B1 that you find common problems with? The purchasing or central supply is one that's always problematic. It's always a trick to figure out what items does central supply actually order and handle. Okay. Because with central supply, they may be ordering for all of the, for the entire facility, right? right. Most mm -hmm. of the time they are. Right. But not everything actually comes into central supply and then gets distributed back out sure. to all the departments. Sometimes those are direct costed. So if a, a department, the department does, for some reason, just decide to directly work with a vendor and it just comes to them. That doesn't go to the central supply? Does that happen? It happens. It does happen. Yeah. Okay. And realistically, central supply did was involved in purchasing that item, uh, right? Okay. Right. 
Because the department head may or may not have. Right. They may have asked someone from Central Supply, hey, can you order this and then just have it sent to me or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So what we use to allocate Central Supply costs are the costs of the supplies that they've ordered for all of those departments. So best practice is to know, have something in your system to know what Central Supply has physically ordered and what they haven't, regardless of what might be running through your inventory system that gets inventory. I can imagine supplies for a hospital or oh oh, that that list alone. That makes me want to cry a little bit. (laughs) The other one that's very, very common is square footage. We recommend doing square footage studies every few years because you wouldn't think, right, unless there was a construction project, you wouldn't think square footage would change that much. But people move offices. They they try to figure out where can we put more beds or... Exactly right. Okay. And the other thing that gets confusing there is really having people that understand the cost report involved in those square footage studies. Mm-hmm. Here's a prime example. People <laughs> will attribute activities offices or space that's used for activities to be associated with the nursing home. So activities mm-hmm. you're talking about like a room where uh, patients might come and do art things or stuff like act- act- right. the activity room, a rec room, that kind of thing. That's an activity center area. Right. Okay. So a lot of the times what we see is they'll attribute that square footage to the nursing home, but actually activities is a completely separate department that also supports patients that are in the swing bed program. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have this space now that's probably in the nursing home, but swing bed patients are probably going over there to to use take advantage to participate of well. in activities. Right. Yeah. right. So they may not be they may not be in the nursing home. They could be there temporarily, but they're still going to do activities. Right. And that's a different statistic entirely, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. The other common problem, which is very similar to the example I just gave, but you'll have conference rooms all over the facility. And a lot of the times, one of those conference rooms is being used for nurse education, but it will get designated as administrative in general because they view it as a conference room. So if that room typically is only used for nurse education, or if it's used for nurse education, maybe 75% of the time, mm-hmm. you can allocate 75% of that square footage to, to training. the nurse, nurse. to med surge, oh, which okay. typically is where your best Medicare reimbursement's at. Oh, hmm. Interesting. Because you might have like a monthly administrative meeting in there, conference right. room, conference room type of stuff. Yep. But otherwise, the rest of the month, it very well could have other uses. Then. Right. The most common is boardroom. So every yeah. facility has boardroom, yep. but typically it's it's used for the board once a month. So yep. what's it being used for for the rest of the And is that time? possible? Is it something that's reimbursable? Is it for a kind of training or something right. like that? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Is there a way, this is kind of a broad topic, but is there a way that a healthcare facility can maximize their square footage so that they can still, one, provide their patients with the best service and their communities, because a lot of these are in rural communities and they're kind mm-hmm. of the hub for everything, but they still are maximizing their reimbursements? Yeah. So the square footage study that I referenced earlier does that. So not only does it capture what's real, right? Like what is the space really being used for? But then it also looks at, have we allocated square footage correctly to the departments that are highly Medicare utilized to make sure that we're getting as much of that cost Mm -hmm. into eligible cost-based departments as possible. So there's a way that you could do a study and then say, hey, these rooms, either we need to reallocate them or we need to change how they're, what they're used for so we right. can take advantage of that. Yep. The most common question that I get in that area is probably with home health. So unfortunately for nurses in home health, and they 
probably know this as well. They have the smallest space. Oh, sure. Because it's not cost-based. It doesn't mm. require a lot of space. This is where we're taking people to the ceiling. That's right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so how do we maximize your tiny little, since you aren't reimbursable, here's a closet for you. Right. That, and unfortunately, that's what mm. does happen sometimes. That's unfortunate. That's got to, yeah, that's got to sting a little bit. But yeah, there's certainly a balance there. So I think I drive people crazy a lot of the times because I'm so financially minded mm-hmm. that you know, we might say you need to use this space for this service because it's a higher Medicare utilized service. But realistically, you're still there to provide patient care and great yeah. patient care. So it is most certainly a balance between taking care of people, yeah. but also being financially viable. Right. Yep. Exactly. Because you have to you have to be able to pay the bills. You have to be able to get the reimbursements and everything to continue to run the hospital, yep. to be there for the community, to take care of the patients. Right. So that's tough. Tough to take care of people if you're not financially viable. Anymore. Yeah, right. or if but you're I, not there. Yeah, but ideally you don't have people working in your air ducts. Either, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Somewhere between. Drop Somewhere them between down those from the two. ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants Spider Man. <laughs> And now the legal stuff. This podcast and associated communications are intended to provide general information about tax, finance, investment, and other financial matters. Although Casey Peterson LTD has made every reasonable effort to ensure that the information provided is accurate, we make no warranties expressed or implied. Be aware that this is not a comprehensive analysis of the subject matter covered. It is not intended to provide specific recommendations to you or your business. Investment advisory services are offered through Advantix Planning Partners. Commission-based securities products are offered through Advantix Investment Services. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Insurance services are offered through licensed agents of Advantix Planning Partners. 3200 Olympus Boulevard, Suite 100, Dallas, Texas, 75019. The Advantix entities are independent of and unrelated to CPS Financial Services, LLP. Although Advantix does not provide or supervise tax or accounting services, our financial professionals may offer these services through their independent outside business. Not all financial professionals are licensed to offer all products or services. Financial planning and investment advisory services require separate licenses. Hey, Evan. Hey, Hillary. Do you know why you should never lie to an x-ray technician? Because lying is bad in general, especially in the medical field. You're just killing Why should you lie? Or why should you not lie? You shouldn't lie. Because they can see right through you. Ah, just like that CT scan. Just like...